Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to another episode of Major League Hoops. This is like episode four, I think. Uh, and uh, once again, I am joined as always with my co-host, uh, Mr. Christopher Michael Wentworth. How are you, sir? I'm moving, I'm grooving, I'm to the beat, and I'm... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I'm ready to go. I woke up like super early today, so I got those like tired giggles. Let's do it. Yeah, I kind of I, I woke up early ish for me, and then I turned to my girlfriend and I was like, "Let's let's go for a walk." And like she acts like she acts like I never want to do anything. So when I said let's go for a walk, it like blew her mind. She's like, "Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready." She's, I was like, "Okay, I'm good to go to Target," which has been that's, revolutionary. That's um, big. That's big. Get, getting up to like do things in the morning is just kind of it's that's that's the goal as that's you get older you, you're huh? like no it's not me ever i mean uh, like you're talking to a dude who stays up like super late and everything and i'm like rewatching like when you're rewatching scott van pelt's show like you're up a little too late you're up a little too late there bud um i've never rewatched a sports show well, it's not, no, I shouldn't say rewatch. I mean, more so when you're watching it for like the second run when it's like when it had already aired. Because Scott Van Pelt's show, like SVP, already airs at like what, like 11 30 p.m. or something like that. No, I understand what you mean now. And I'm glad <laughs> that you weren't watching the show twice. That's for sure. No, 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 no. And I, I, I wasn't last night. I was, uh, I was making a, a lovely fall dinner of uh, uh, teriyaki meatballs and uh, roasted broccoli. Uh, it was quite tasty, and I made a nice little, uh, nice little cocktail. Uh, Ricky brought back uh, from her trip, like uh, from like this show she did at upstate. She brought back a little thing of bourbon cream, um, and so I made a little cocktail. Not as not as not as sassy as uh, is, or as uh, not sassy, but uh, not as creative as, as say Ian or uh, or Paul. I'm sure in this because I'm sure both of them would be like. Yeah, I might have done things a little different, but but I did I did put like a little dash of Kahlua, a little bit of a uh, little bit of the bourbon cream, a little bit of Averna, uh, you know the uh, aperitivi, you know or digestivi, I should say, of your people, the Italians, and uh, finished off with a little bit of nutmeg, and that's been her drink of choice lately. Uh, freshly grated nutmeg, mind you, not the little powdered stuff. I get a little grater and. Well, that just sounds amazing. I don't know if anybody <laughs> could complain about that. That sounds like a fantastic drink. And, but you uh, can't, you can't like, you can't like wake up and have it. It's like you can't. It's not a mid afternoon. It's always like a late night kind of chill vibe drink. You know, you can't wake up and have it. Yeah, no, definitely, <laughs> probably not. On a lot of drinks I I in general. <laughs> I think it's probably best to not wake up and have it. I mean, but I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, I, there was a second there today when I was when I was like going to bed last night. I'm like, you know, wake up, do the podcast. I'll put like a little Bailey's in my coffee. But like, the idea of alcohol in the morning kind of just makes me sick. <laughs> like, I, I can't even believe you would even think that at this point in our lives. We are we are way beyond that. Like, I don't know. Like, it was just it was just for like a split second. I was like. You know what? Maybe. And then I was like, and then when I was when I woke up, I'm like, you dumb son of a bitch. Why would you ever do that? 
I mean, I guess here's the thing, you know, I think it happens a lot more often than people like to let on. I think that I think that a lot of people are and this is just my conspiratorial brain going, but I think that a lot of people are walking around there with a little bit of Bailey's in their coffee than you or I might expect. And I think that I think if you honestly got the numbers, people might be a little shocked as to how many people are walking around just a tiny bit lit every every day, you know? I, I really do. I don't know, but maybe it's just me. Maybe I just it's... I just imagine going to like a Dunkin' Donuts, and then it's like, and they're like, "There's an extra ten bucks. You mind putting the good stuff in there?" You know, and then. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't know too much, I guess, about out here, out in California. Like I said, I've been out here for like maybe like four or five years total. But you know, back home where I grew up, anyways at like a little liquor store or something like that there were always there's always cars there do you know that like there's always yeah, that, cars that's, there that's always... <laughs> so there's always people buying at, at the, during the, the day suburbs, the suburbs of like new england buying liquor during the day is always hysterical to me it was like there was one time when i, I came back to visit my uh visit my brother and visit my family and it was it must have been like it was with my brother and so it's like getting all the stuff for like a party like early in the uh, early and like uh, like early afternoon, but like kind of like uh, I'd say like maybe late morning, like around eleven thirty or something like that. And like we go in there, and like <laughs> the characters that you see in there buying like you know thirty beers or something like that at that time in the morning, like I gotta get in there before people get off work. It's very you know? rarely thirty beers. You know what I mean? For me, anyways. <laughs> like I've kind of been in there going to get stuff for a party, like you've said, every once in a while, and it's always people buying like three nips. So that's why I yeah, start yeah. to think that you know <laughs> what I mean. Yeah, like, what else like, are you doing with that? What are you, you doing must with putting, a nip of Bailey's? You, you must know? be putting it in your morning coffee. Like, there's no other explanation for it you're not taking that home with you to use later like i think when i went in there yeah some dude was there was a dude buying things that there was a couple of people buying things but like they were like the most burnout i went in there with my brother and he was like no 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 judgment and everything like that i'm like bro that's my brother not my husband or something like that and we were like <laughs> that's yeah. massachusetts right there yeah right? that that's that's new england that's that's yeah, I guess new that's england true. That's true. <laughs> but um yeah, we're here to talk basketball today. Uh Chris and I did a fun little ditty uh this week. Um we uh, originally we were going to do the first 5 rounds, um but I decided to keep going a little bit because uh, you know, the bench is kind of irrelevant or whatever. And not that it's irrelevant, but um you know, you want to know what who would who would the best lineup be for each team? And I think it's also kind of interesting now that I'm just thinking about it, thinking about all the players who um, might be taken off the board at that point. Um, like who are the ones that would qualify as bench versus not bench? Um, now, granted, there might be a couple of guys who we didn't mention who could be there uh, and vice versa. I'm sure like there's going to be that. You know what I mean? I'm sure there's going to be guys that we don't talk about here that end up working their way off of the, off of benches. Oh, oh I don't even, it. I don't even, I don't even mean mean that. I just mean like, I just mean even after the draft. Like, because wow. for example, well, yeah. like I included 
Kawhi being drafted and Clay Thompson, and both of those players probably aren't going to start uh, the season and everything like that. But uh, yeah, yeah, especially. Oh, uh, big shout out to. I don't know if it's Ryan or if it's Avery, but our new league member. <laughs> we have a full league. Uh, I had to kick Isaac because uh, he didn't change his team name. He didn't change his team name. He didn't select keepers. He didn't join the Discord. I messaged him. I gave him like. 48 hours I was like hey man like just I need a sign to let me know you're here and if you're out I there didn't... Isaac yeah <laughs> that was for you yeah um but yeah I, I didn't get anything so I was like okay and I, I mean I gotta say like you getting people from reddit is fine you know we got I got uh josh and uh and i also got uh, sorry uh justin and i got a uh, reese off there i know we're pumped but like getting people right before the fantasy season in those like find a league threads is an absolute nightmare like it's so difficult because they, they get buried on there and everybody wants to play a cash league so but sorry chris i can't hear you for a second what were you saying Sorry, I was going to say, long story short, um, if you have people that are interested in the league, let us know, I think, and we can, or John can um, sort of keep them on the back burner for now. And if a spot opens up, it's a lot easier to transition to a friend or a buddy that, you know, really, really wants to do the commitment. So, yeah, just big facts. But anyways, I think we should get down to this mock draft, John, because we got a lot to cover. And um, yeah, it's going to be wild. It's going to be a little, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's how it's going to turn out. Things are going um, to get dicey, but they're going to get, uh, you know, but uh, if we can uh, have a little bit of encouragement, you know. It's crazy. I don't know how the hell they're going to figure it all out, but it's going to be awesome. It is going to be awesome. You're darn so, tootin', Mr. Mayor. Mr. Mayor. Oh, we miss you, buddy, but uh, hopefully you'll tune in. Hopefully everybody will tune in because this is a fun little thing that we did um, and took a little decent amount of time. Yeah, I mean, I think it's worthwhile. Um, it, it gave me a good perspective on a few things. Um, I think that as we go through it, you're going to see, as I did very early, that bigs are not um, very plentiful at all. Uh, they're going to go pretty quick, and if you don't get one, early on um you're gonna be like rolling the dice a little bit with your center um so just something to keep in mind um it's not necessarily like i think that everyone needs to go out and draft centers right away to get your guy but i do think that there's a very very clear drop off at that position maybe more clear than any other position um like where you can kind of find guys for the cheap cheap um at almost every other position that you think might have a chance at you know doing well this year Center, it's not like that because, you know, once once that drop-off of starters kind of gets cleared, the, everyone else is a backup at that point, and they're going to be playing on really limited minutes, and they're not going to get the opportunities there as much as the main the mainstay. So, yeah, just something to keep in mind, I think. Yeah, you don't want to be riding those, like, Tristan Thompson is kind of like your, your starting center. It, and I'm not saying Tristan Thompson this year, but, like, Tristan Thompson last year, some people were like, oh, you know, he's just a couple of rebounds and everything like that. And no, no, you can't, you can't really do that, especially this year with centers, because, you know, the premier ones are being kept. 
Um, I will say the thing that surprised me about this mock, uh, right before we get into it, is how many kind of decent um, point guards are available uh, for quite a little, quite an amount of time. This is coming from the dude who I think I can't remember where I drafted because I deleted the league. Um, I can't remember where I drafted uh, Markel Fultz last year. Um, and because I was like, you know what, I'll just punt it. I'll I'll go with Markel. He should have a nice opportunity and everything and should be halfway decent. And, you know, I, I've talked about it enough on the podcast, but it uh, it, it was it was interesting to see how uh, how late some of these uh, decent point guards went. So I just one quick more thought before we jump into it. Sorry, but I think that a really huge factor this year is going to be the shakeup in lineup. Um, the fact that we've really reduced the lineup, um, the starting lineup anyways, like that's just more players that are going to be available in the pool. And, you know, you, for every one center, you have two guards that are starting. So it's, there's just, they're going to be more plentiful than a center is. And, you know, we only have the one center, um, slot. So I just, I think that it's just a lot different, more different now, um, because you know, back then, I last year, anyways, it was a different, completely different league in terms of what you had to throw out there, um, day in and day out. And yeah, you had two, you had three utility spots instead of the one. You could you spot. could afford kind of to really roll out Tristan Thompson as your starting center if you like overloaded the rest of those positions with all stars um, that weren't centers. You know what I mean? This year, you don't really have that luxury. You have to kind of play it a little bit differently. And I'm I'm really interested to see how we start to play our benches. Um, I, I don't know if I'm going to have like a solid bench throughout this year or if it's just going to be guys that I'm kind of like filtering in day in and day out because we yeah. are a daily lineups league. So that's going to be really interesting to see. Um, that means that there's going to be a lot more talent in the free agent pool this year than ever before. So it's going to be um, a different league entirely in terms of the outcomes and, and how you kind of place your strategy. So it'll be interesting for sure. Yeah, I'd agree 100%. Um, and without further ado, uh, let's just get through the first round here. Um, I uh, Ryan slash Avery already told me uh, who they wanted to keep, uh, and that was uh, Embiid and Booker, so that's taken care of. Um, everybody should know the Keepers by tomorrow, because uh, I think it's midnight tonight, the Keepers lock. I don't know if the league just kind of... I don't know if ESPN is just like, oh, keep his lock. So here they are for everybody to see, or if that's just something that league managers can see. I'm not sure, um, but it's kind of obvious. So let's start off with round one. You could probably go in and see just because they have the little K next to their. Um, oh game. yeah, right, so right. If you went to each individual team at least, but anyways, the first round. Are we doing the keeper rounds too? Just because people. Uh, well, just because uh, Jim, Jimmy yeah. isn't going to keep anybody. So, so why don't you go through round one, Chris? So yeah, so John opened it up this year um, to kind of just do whatever you want since the league is sort of starting fresh. So most people selected keepers for the first two rounds. Some people did not. So Jimmy, for example, decided he did not want to keep anybody, and he's just going to draft. So he's going to get the first pick of this draft in that first round where everybody selected their keepers. So for Paul, it's James Harden. Justin has Trey Young, Avery, Joel Embiid, Ian Luka Doncic, Reese, um, LaMelo Ball, Kyle, Carl Anthony Towns, and then Jimmy will be there selecting John ja Morant as his first keeper, which is a very, very interesting choice at keeper and sort of a dice, dicey move, but I think it'll pay off for him. For me, I'm going to be keeping LeBron James after that trade with John last week. Steven's going to be keeping Zach Levine. Pete will be keeping Dame Lillard. John keeping Jason Tatum. And then 
Noel will be keeping Kevin Durant. And that locks up our first round of keepers, really, except for Jimmy with that John Morant pick. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that uh, I, I have a feeling Jimmy will probably go with John Morant. Um, but just continuing here, round two, we have uh, Noel obviously keeping Bradley Beal, myself keeping my favorite, Jalen Brown. Um, then we have uh, Pete keeping Anthony Davis, uh, Stephen keeping uh, DeMontas Sabonis, Chris keeping the fat boy, uh, Zion Williamson. Uh, and then we come to the uh, next pick right here, which is going to be Jimmy again, uh, getting first crack at the board. Now, uh, I have him taking Jimmy Butler, uh, which uh, who I believe is the top available if you go through like the actual ESPN rankings, which... Again, we we don't have to get into it, but ESPN's rankings, I think, are very off. I don't think they pay a lot of attention. There have been several years where, like, after a certain number, like, they just do them in alphabetical order. So, you know, we don't have to go into that. But I do think that Jimmy Butler will probably be the pick right there. Then moving along, we have Kyle getting uh, keeping Steph Curry. Reese kept keeping Bam Adebayo. Ian keeping uh, my former boy, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, we then have Ryan slash Avery keeping uh, Devin Booker, and we have Justin. Uh, now, Chris, I kind of called out this pick. Um, Chris, you want to go? Yeah, sure. So um, Justin is deciding to keep Trey Young only, meaning he does have a pick in that second keeper round. Um, John and I had it locked in here at DeAndre Ayton. Um, we both feel that to pair Trey Young with DeAndre Ayton gives him two really, really young very, very talented, high ceiling players, um, one at the guard position, point guard position specifically, and one at the center position, the, which are, you know, in my eyes, the two most valuable positions, really. Um, so to have two young stars on the rise, um, you know, lots of time ahead of them in a two keeper league, I think that that would be a very, very smart move. Um, if he does not go with Aiton, I could see him going. Um, with another star caliber player, potentially someone like Paul George, um, Donovan Mitchell, um, Rudy Gobert, um, Brandon Ingram, maybe um, just because of the potential um, keeper ability of those players, but also the you know impact now that they have. I think that the worry with Trey Young and with DeAndre Ayton is that they're still young enough to regress. Um, other than that, though, I think that it would be a smart move to just go with Aiton here. So we have him locked in with DeAndre Aiton as his second keeper. Yeah, and I think that's a I think that's a great way of putting it. I, I think that uh, Aiton would be a fun selection here. Obviously, you can go any way sitting at the top, but uh, yeah, Aiton is one way to go. Um, plus, he only he picks in like three picks anyway. So next up, we have Paul, obviously keeping uh, my former keeper uh, Nikola Jokic. And then Paul comes back around with the first true pick, I should say, in the draft, aside from the keeper rounds, which we have locked in as Donovan Mitchell. I think Mitchell is the best person available at that point, or kind of like the uh, the sexiest pick available um, to pair that with the shooting guard, point guard eligibility, and uh, pair him with Harden and Jokic. I think that's a win-win situation right there. Uh, moving along, we have... Uh, Back to Justin, we have uh, we have him taking on Paul George, uh, PG thirteen, DeAndre Ayton, and uh, Trey Young. 
kind of a nice little starter there. Uh, obviously, there's, you know, always going to have injury concern with Paul George, but everybody's kind of injured, injury concerned. Plus, comparatively to the other players, uh, I guess you could you could make the case for Kyrie, but I think that that kind of uh, ceiling with Paul George and not worrying as much maybe about the injury concerns comparatively to Kyrie is kind of the way to go on there. Um, and yeah, so then we have uh, Ryan slash Avery. Uh, we have him taking SGA because he's kind of the uh, top point guard available right now, kind of leaning more towards that young aspect of it. Uh, obviously, you have uh, Embiid and Booker probably looking to get one of those more top-end point guards. I'm going off of this based off the fact that I think everybody kind of has dropped Kyrie a little bit, not over the fact of his production, but just you don't know when he's going to play, if he's going to play, and what the deal is out there. So, yeah. It dropped him a little bit. Um, I think that it's fair, um, but it does not. It will not surprise me if Kyrie's one of the earlier picks off the board. Obviously, given the talent, so he's kind of the wild card in this situation. And John and I played it a little safe here. I think. Yeah, I'd say so, hundred uh, percent. Chris, you want to take it away with the next couple of picks? Sure. So we have Ian picking next, who has Luka Doncic and Giannis, and we decided to give Ian Rudy Gobert in this situation. Uh, John and I both kind of agree. We think that Gobert is the top um center at this point um we think that he provides a floor for you defensively like no other um perhaps um and to match that with the scoring capabilities of Luka Doncic and Giannis Antetokounmpo um in addition to what else they provide you offensively in terms of their dimes and um you know in Luka's case more so the threes but Giannis can hit threes too in, in some capacity so I think that you know um you can lock up some threes later maybe for Ian. And I think that we do have him kind of, you know, solidifying himself in that category. So taking Gobert here, I think would be the smart move for him to really establish um, a floor with his team and like what he can kind of week in and week out, know what he's going to do to teams. Yeah, I'd agree a hundred percent. I mean, Rudy Gobert constantly one of those people at top finishes at the top. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So then we have Reese, um, who has LaMelo Ball and Bam Adebayo. And here we have Kyrie Irving going off the board. Um, you know, at this point, you know, if you're Reese, you have LaMelo Ball, who is coming off of a stellar rookie season for sure. But, you know, a lot still there to prove. And you have Bam Adebayo, who is a keeper probably in his own respect, but might not be one of the top end keepers that you would think of necessarily in a two keeper league specifically. So I think that, you know, if Kyrie is still on the board here, why not? Why not take a chance? Um, he would have gone any other year within those keeper rounds, um, most likely, but if not in those two keeper rounds is one of the first picks off the board. So you're getting him later than you probably would in any other season. And you have questionable keepers. Um, maybe, I, I think that, you know, right now, and especially given the fact that Kyrie, I think, has dual eligibility so far, he's going to be PG and SG eligible, eligible right, John? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's going to be both point that, So in that two. respect alone, too, you know, if Kyrie provides you anything similar to what he's done in the past with any sort of consistency throughout the year, to lock him into shooting guard for maybe the first time ever, that's going to be a very, very interesting um, capability with him this year. So I think that, you know, 
Kyrie, like I said, he's going to be the X factor in this draft. He could go as early as the first pick, I think, um, or he could fall a little bit just given everything that's going on this offseason. But yeah, I think that why not take a chance here? So we have Reese taking Kyrie Irving. Then we have Kyle taking Chris Middleton. Um, not much, not much to say there, except it's the perennial, it's the perennial pick. It it happens every year, and it always puts Kyle in a good position to compete. So it do, it doesn't happen every year, but it feels like it does because it did last year. I, I think yeah. that like, I mean, Kyle's also been in the league for what like two three years, so it's like to say that it happens yeah, all the time yeah. is not really a big deal. But 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 it's just it's so it's it's the it's the absolute Kyle move there. So agreed. So we have Kyle taking Karis Middleton and then we have Jimmy next one on the clock who took Ja Morant and Jimmy Butler in those keeper rounds. We decided to give Jimmy uh Vucevic here, Vuce daddy. Um, I love Vuce. I think that he's like one of the most underrated uh, fantasy NBA players that you could possibly find. Um, he just year in and year out, gives you stellar numbers he's always within the top 10 within the last like three four years um he shoots threes he rebounds well he's going to be on a bad team that's not going to really be able to score a lot but he is going to be the focal point i think there or one of the focal points at least um and uh, yeah i think that you know having vucevic to go with john morant jimmy butler gives jimmy a very nice like you know base to work with despite not necessarily keeping anybody so and it also necessarily it also gives him good keeper potential too for the future with John Morant so I think that these moves would be you know a, a way to go for Jimmy a strategy if you will yeah, I, think, um, I think we we, we kind of went with his draft kind of uh, I think at least looking at it real quick uh, just kind of like low uh, uh, high floor high floor uh, not not a not a low ceiling, but definitely probably the highest floor I'd say out of a lot of teams. Yeah, you want to be able to make like something that's going to compete this year, obviously, but you don't want to completely sacrifice the future, which is why I get that John Morant pick um, as the first pick of his base, like basically out of the whole draft, the first pick. So, you know, to use a pick like that on John Morant is saying something. It's saying that you definitely want to you know, work towards something eventually and that you think that this guy is the key to it. So it's going to be interesting where he goes from there, if that truly is his first uh, selection. So we have Vucevic coming off the board. Then we have my pick. I decided to go Ingram here. Um, Ingram has shown in the past that he's capable of being a keeper. Um, He is going to be the star of that offense this year, and he's going to run a lot of the ball um, with, with the ball a lot because they don't, they got rid of Lonzo and, um, I'm trying to remember who their point guard is over there this year. Do you remember? For uh, uh, It's going to be Devontae Graham. Oh, that's right. So Devontae Graham obviously is going to handle the ball quite a bit. But I do expect Brandon Ingram to start to ease back into that playmaker mode that he was in when it was pretty much just him when Lonzo was hurt, when Zion was hurt. And like they really didn't roll anybody else there besides Ingram. That was about, I think, um, not last year, but two years ago. And that was when Ingram showed that, in my opinion, he is like the second coming of KD. Um, maybe not necessarily, or he's like maybe at, at least at best, at worst, I mean, sorry, at worst, he's a cheap man's version of KD. I think that he could even end up being, you know, just as good maybe one day. Um, he's super talented at shooting, which is such a dying skill in this NBA. But anyways, I don't want to get too much into Ingram. I just love him. Um, so I took him here. Then Steven, um, who has Zach Levine and, 
and Sabonis. We decided to give him Darren Fox. John, do you want to break that down a little bit? It's kind of yeah, a wacky kind one. Of, I mean, it's kind of a wacky one, but it's more so the fact that, like, I think that um, Zach Levine and Sabonis, I mean, you're looking for a hit here, and, like, you could go... At this point, the point guards are starting to dry up pretty fast. Um, you know, I, I mean, I did one of them drop pretty far, but I think that's going to be more so because I don't know. Um, you could kind of mix any of them in here. I just think that Aaron Fox might be the one that's kind of like the uh, the flashy ceiling because because of the point totals and everything. And if you already have Zach Levine, like you might as well pad that. Um, so yeah, just went with Aaron Fox. Um, next up we had Pete who had Dame Lillard, obviously, uh, we also have Anthony Davis, but we now are starting to look, and this is kind of the point in the draft where we were like, you know what? There's really not a lot of centers left. Um, and so we had Pete taking Christian Wood, uh, which might seem a little outside the box because Pete usually tends to play it safe but the fact of the matter is is that christian wood is kind of flashy and pete might be like you know what let's let's try it let's let's try something different this year and let's go for the flash he's Um, dual eligible with power forward and center um he scored 21 points a game last year he scores two threes a game which is great from your big um about he's good for about a block and a steal a game uh, and he rebounds well too. You know, he gets ten rebounds a game, so he's a double-double threat almost nightly. Um, the only issue is that out of the bigs, he's probably one of the lower ones in terms of his percentages. Like he doesn't shoot free throws very well, obviously. Um, not too many bigs do in general, but you know, it's getting a little different nowadays. Um, and then from the floor, he's not super duper effective. He took a lot of shots last year, obviously on that bad Houston Rockets team. But he does get a decent amount of threes, which is kind of yeah. Nice he's I think that fantasy wise, what he provides to you is too valuable to necessarily pass up this early. And I don't if it's not Pete, it's going to be some around this area i think yep and uh then we go on to my pick um i'm gonna be honest i I think i drafted the most boring team here uh even though chris kind of said that he thought stevens was at first that we drafted but no i don't know my pick right here uh clint capella um everybody's kind of least favorite person but he still kind of comes through because he gets the rebounds and everything um gets a high afg uh, definitely not a flashy pick by any means, but I, I kind of need it because I have Tatum and I have Jalen Brown and I at least pick again for point guards. And I feel like there's enough still available on the board that I can, uh, that I can sift through. Um, we then move to Noel. Uh, Noel has, uh, Durant, Bradley Beal, two fantastic keepers, and why not just keep it safe? And we were like, you know what? Let's go with uh, Chris Paul. Definitely, <laughs> I mean, kind of revitalized now in uh, Phoenix and is a fine selection for a point guard right there. Uh, definitely, definitely, definitely a uh, high floor. And then... I Chris, love that. You... I just love that Chris Paul pick there. I think that that would... That's like eventually like that's going to be where Chris Paul kind of goes. And I think people are going to like really regret that later. But um, I just, I think that he's so valuable to get there. But anyways, uh, so then in the next round, we're going to have Noel going back to back. So we have him with Chris Paul there. And then we have him taking Julius Randle. And I think that that's just such a win-win of a duo of picks. 
like you know randall was what most improved player last year or something like that he's phenomenal he's an all-star um second team at all nba i think led the knicks to the playoffs which is a trophy in and of itself yeah exactly that's you should just win that should be a um like a bonus in his in his contract easily yeah um so yeah to lock up chris paul julius randall with bradley beal and kevin durant definitely gives you like sort of an almost you know a starting five of all nba caliber players so really really good start i think to the draft for noel if this is exact if this is how you know the cards kind of fell um yep. and so then your pick johnny yeah no i i i went with westbrook um i think that at this point i'm kind of trying to get a little bit of everything i don't know again like Drafting him here goes against my rankings a little bit, I think, because I think I had Van Vliet uh, definitely higher than him. Uh, I'm pretty sure every single list has Red Van Vliet higher than him, but I kind of still like the all-around potential that I could get of Westbrook. Um, So, you know, worst-case scenario, best-case scenario, I just don't think he's going to completely disappear, so... Even if I'm getting like, you know, 17, 7, and 6 or something like that, it's still good for me. Uh, so I, I'll take that from him at this point. Um, moving on to the uh, moving on to the next pick. Uh, Pete, I'm, we're keeping it with this whole flashy idea. So we went with Michael Porter Jr. Why not? Keep it, keeping it with Christian Wood, Michael Porter Jr. He's looking for a potentially next keeper or something like that uh, to go with Dame and AD. Chris, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think you know. I don't think Christian Wood is Christian Wood is super flashy. I think that Christian Wood's kind of like um, a boring pick there, maybe, but um, or maybe even like a little bit of a reach um, in some people's minds. But Michael Porter Jr. here, I think that you know he's ranked super duper high. Um, ESPN has a lot of stock into him. A lot of people do this year. Um, I think that he is obviously always a concern for injury um, with that back. So perhaps pairing him with someone like Anthony Davis would be more of a headache than anything else. And I know that Pete is very, you know, wary with injuries after last season where like almost all of his guys went down. So maybe this isn't where he goes, but I think that um, Michael Porter Jr. is definitely capable of providing you keeper value like definitely i don't i don't even think that's a question the way that he played at the tail end of last year was ridiculous um he's definitely mega talented it's just going to be about that back i think so that'll be the tail there i think um so we have pete taking michael porter jr there um risky move but i think it could pay off for him steven we have um next he has zach levine demontis sabonis and darren fox and we haven't taken porzingis here uh porzingis kind of like the last of the enticing options for center, I think. Um, he is definitely the lowest, I would say, out of all of them, just given his history, his recent history with injuries. And, and you know, even when he's on the court, it's it's good nights, bad nights, um, kind of hard for him to find his stride. So, but I do think that um, the potential is there for rebound season. I think that playing with Luka Doncic helps immensely, obviously. Um, so I do think that, Porzingis is somebody that's going to get drafted a little bit higher than maybe, you know, anybody would like just because the capability of um, value is there. So, yeah, we have Steven here taking Porzingis. Shoots threes incredibly also. So, you know, it's a great thing to have from your big. And then it's my pick. Um, So far in the draft, I've 
LeBron James, Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram. Um, at this point, I was thinking point guard. This might be something that I rethink given how the um, landscape of the draft goes. Like if there is one of those um, better bigs available, perhaps I will go differently. But I have myself going with D'Angelo Russell for right now. I think that D'Angelo Russell is a reach here. I think that, you know, perhaps he would have gone later than someone like Fred Van Vliet or CJ McCollum, who we have going after. Um, but I think that the upside for D'Angelo Russell is potentially second round value here in the fourth round. So um, he's capable. He's done things before in the past that are, you know, just unreal, like you know, going out there dropping 30 points with about six threes and then like, you know, seven or eight assists on top of that it was not like uncommon for him during stretches of his of his career. So um, to get him here, I think with, you know, guys like Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards um, would be nice um, as long as everything in Minnesota stays the same and they don't kind of go after Ben Simmons. But I think D'Angelo Russell here, like I said, might be a little bit of a reach, but it could end up paying off for me. So then we have Jimmy. John, why don't you take the next couple of picks? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Jimmy, again, kind of going with that whole uh, high floor thing. Um, Fred Van Vliet, I mean, he's going to be the best player available. He probably should go way higher. Uh, again, I, <laughs> I have a, we each have our own biases when we were doing this. And I think with uh, with Fred VanVleet, it's the whole scoring thing, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I think it'd be a nice compliment to John Morant uh, having a couple of young uh, point guards. VanVleet also, I believe, is still shooting guard eligible. So yeah, I think that would be a solid pick for Jimmy, just taking the best available. Kyle kind of going with the same trend Kyle does year in and year out, uh, which is the percentages and the high three guys. And I think why not pair? Uh, Steph Curry at that guard position with a shooting guard like CJ McCollum having having McCollum Middleton and Towns having that kind of super high percentage very high uh three-pointers made that makes a lot of sense to me uh and then we have Reese uh who we got uh Lamella Ball Bam Adebayo Kyrie Irving and now how about Pascal Siakam a really nice bounce back candidate um especially now, Lowry's gone, maybe kind of fixing his game a little bit. Who knows? He might get traded. Uh, there was a lot of chatter about that in the offseason. But, um, yeah, I think uh, I think Siakam kind of is still kind of is the last of, like, the potential keepers from, like, the year before on this list, um, aside from, obviously, the, the point guard who goes uh, next round. But, yeah, I'd say I, I'd definitely put uh, Siakam into that conversation. Uh, we Having a team like that kind of – Nice and balanced for the most part. Uh, then moving on to Ian. Um, Ian, uh, you know, uh, we have uh, we have Luca, Giannis, Rudy Gobert. Uh, why not take somebody who is kind of safe, so to speak, uh, and all, also kind of has always been in that conversation because we're probably looking for a guard here because we have two bigs. Why not get a guard like uh, Drew Holiday, who I think is kind of the last of those kind of big things in that kind of area. Um, big things in that kind of area. I mean, like uh, quality guards with like uh, high floors. And I think Drew Holiday kind of fits that uh, fits that bill right there. Um, yeah, Chris, why I don't mean, you talk about Ian like kind of has a strategy, I think, year in and year out 
which is um, get guys with a very high floor. Sorry, my mic was a little farther away. But yeah, no, so Ian's strategy always seems to be get guys with higher floors. And um... yeah, I mean, that just kind of makes sense. I, I mean, and, yeah, uh... It always works out for him, too. It does. Uh, Chris, why don't you take away the next couple of picks? Sure. So uh, next we have Avery and um, or Ryan, Avery Ryan. So Avery, uh, we have with Joel Embiid, Devin Booker, and SGA right now. Um, sort of a nice, uh, you know, young but stable team. Like kind of, you know, what, what value they're going to provide when they're out there. So we decided maybe here is kind of where you might go risky. And to keep along with that younger um, core, we decided to go with Anthony Edwards here. Um, Edwards, you know, we've discussed a lot on the pod. I've discussed at length um, how much I like him and how much I thought the improvements last year were legit and perhaps here to stay. Um, he's So he's already got, you know, Devin Booker and uh, SGA kind of rocking those two uh, guard positions. He can slot Edwards in at um, small forward and then... Embiid he's got as a center, so lineup-wise, it looks good. It's clean. Um, and a lot of variations you can kind of do there because those three players at the end, Booker, SGA, and Edwards, are dual eligible. So yeah, you can kind of play around with it, and um, I think that you know Edwards is a really great true scorer. Um, I think that he's a candidate to do 25-5 and five, um, on his better days. And, um, yeah, that's what you're really looking for out of that 2-3 kind of um, player that, like, you know, guard, wing, eligible player. Um, you know, 25-5 and five is, is really, really the numbers that you want to be hitting nightly. So I think that Anthony Edwards can provide that. Um, Justin, we have here going with DeMar DeRozan um, to pair up with Paul George, DeAndre Ayton, and Trey Young. Sort of a seasoned veteran to go with, um, you know, I mean – Paul George is also a veteran as well, but eight and young, uh, younger, sort of two younger guys. So maybe more veteran presence, um, a lock-in scorer who doesn't really shoot the threes, but I think that that's not really a big deal. Cause I think that Trey Young's going to see an uptick in threes. And I think Paul George is obviously a great three point shooter. So he'll be all right there. Um, Paul, we have coming back here at the end of the round. Um, he's going to be going with, uh, somebody that probably he's either going to like or dislike. Um, well, I mean, it's always going to be one of those, but it's going to be Terry Rozier. Um, it's going to be a strong feeling, I think either way. So Rozier, like we said, had a phenomenal season in his own respect. I've said it before. I think he lives and dies by that three point percentage and by that adjusted field goal percentage. I think that if he's among the tops there at the guard position, he'll be among the tops in terms of fantasy output. Um, but if he is not, I don't think he'll be anywhere near relevant, really. Or I don't think he should even be rosterable. If he can't shoot threes, then he's not really doing much else uh, for you. So Paul, we have going there with Rozier. Um since he has back-to-backs, that's kind of like a good reason to go with Rozier there. Um, but then um, we have him taking Tobias Harris right after. Great stable floor. Um, I think that he, you know, he's somebody that he can slot into a starting five there after having, you know, Harden and Mitchell um, with uh, the guard positions. Actually, no, he can't really slot it in, but that's because we have more roster positions. It'll it'll all work out. Don't worry. Yeah, he'll, well, he could absolutely put like, uh, he could put that uh, he has, uh, Tobias Harris would be a uh, power forward. Oh, alright. So then, yeah. yeah, yeah so. so, anyways, um, so Tobias Harris, like we said, you know, I think that he provides you really, really great 
floor. Um, you know, you know what he's going to kind of go out there and do nightly. Um, he's going to be a stable fixture there in a Sixers team that looks to be kind of shaking things up. So, um, you know, maybe he moves, maybe he doesn't. Who knows? It'll be a good situation to kind of keep monitored. Especially if, especially if Simmons moves, then I'd say more usage goes to – I mean, I'd say he gets more opportunities maybe. Um, and And also, like, I mean, if you're looking at Paul's team right now, I mean, this is five guys who average over 20 points per game, which is kind of – kind of really impressive and they all do a little bit of everything there. yeah for sure um they definitely have other skills in addition to scoring but you're right to have that night in and night out if these guys are playing you're getting 100 points i mean that's good and you know points are going to be a little bit different this year like we've been saying just because we're starting less guys so you're going to see um more value on the guys i think that are scorers um in a different way yeah, and I think that uh, yeah, I think I think right now Paul probably has the best draft, which is, you know, shocker to the guy who's keeping Harden and Jokic, and then has the first pick in the third round. Very surprising there, but yeah, I mean, you're talking about now you're seeing you know at least three guys on that team who are averaging more than three threes per game, um, five guys who average twenty points per game, decent rebounding numbers, decent assist numbers, uh, yeah, so. Moving on to the next, we got Justin, uh, Trey Young, DeAndre Aiden, Paul George, DeMar DeRozan. Why not Lonzo Ball? Um, We're definitely looking, I think by the end of the fifth round is kind of where you need to have drafted a second point guard. I think that's kind of very necessary uh, because at the end of, at the end of this round, it kind of really dries up. Um, so I think Lonzo Ball would be a solid choice right there at the top of the round. We then follow that with uh, the Fallen Angel right there. Uh, why not rebuild uh, the 76ers? And we have Ben Simmons going to Ryan slash Avery. Um, I don't know where Ben Simmons is going to go. Look, this is a guy who produced like an elite fantasy player uh, not too long ago, and he does a little bit of everything. You need to still separate the actual NBA player from the fantasy player and like get rid of that whole recency bias because that's going to hold you back in the draft. But yeah, so we got Embiid, Booker, SGA, Ant Edwards, and now we get Ben Simmons, kind of a decent uh, backcourt right there with uh, SGA and Simmons. Um, now you got Booker. I-, I think that's kind of a nice, uh, nice padding for uh, assists. Uh, then we have uh, Ian's team. Ian, this is kind of the pick that I think Chris, you, you said, what were you saying about this pick earlier when we were doing this? It's kind of like the, one of the more interesting like uh, players available in the draft. I think so. I mean, I think that it's a, you know, it's a guy who's got a starting position at point guard, who's capable of scoring 20 points and handing out six assists on good nights. And that's Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, you know, he has Luca, who is point guard eligible, but you know you can slot into multiple positions. So to have another point guard there, I mean, as also as Drew Holiday, but Drew Holiday is shooting guard eligible. Dinwiddie, I think, is also shooting guard eligible as well, right? Uh, I'd have to double check, but yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, so. he might be. So like to have all of these guys mixing and matching is is great, and I think that along with you yep. know. Um, Drew Holiday, Rudy Gobert, Antetokounmpo, and Doncic, to add Dinwiddie to that group is a really, really key element because 
you know, he can shoot threes. He can score on big nights. So, you know, Drew Holiday, you know, he's not a bad scorer, but he's not an elite scorer. Uh, we all know Rudy Gobert is defensively focused. So to add Dinwiddie here, I think makes sense. Yeah, I'd agree 100%. We uh, we then have Reese, uh, you know, going with uh, kind of padding the assists here because we got LaMelo Ball, we got Kyrie Irving, we got Bam who gets a decent amount of assists too. Why not get a, uh, another center who, uh, or center power forward, who will get you a couple? I think he's only power forward eligible, but um, Draymond Green. Uh, might as well pad those assists. Uh, you know, Draymond, who knows what we're going to see? Who knows what that Warriors team is going to be? Um, and I think it's a, kind of a decent value here. Uh, the last of kind of, I, 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 I'll say like reliable uh, centers. Um, we move on then to Kyle, which is another, like, I think out of all the drafts, the one person that we knew we were like, oh, this is the guy this guy is going to take would be Kyle in this position. And we were like, Kyle would take Malcolm Brogdon again, kind of padding those percentages, um, getting him as, uh, to throw in, in that guard position and, you know, really kind of to go with the rest of the team. Cat, Curry, Middleton, McCollum, Brogdon. This is like the most Kyle team we could ever put together. So yeah, I'm pretty. I, I was actually pretty happy about that. Um, yeah, I think Brogdon obviously like has a lot of value. Um, I think that to get him this late, even is going to be probably where he goes actually, and maybe not you know undeservedly, but he's he's proven the last couple of years what he's capable of, and to get him in the fifth round here, I think would be. Um, just right where he belongs. Yep. I'd agree with that. Um, moving on to, uh, Jimmy's pick again, keeping with that, uh, keeping with that kind of a uh, high floor, I guess, uh, Gordon Hayward, um, you know, a little riskier some... here because you know, the injury history, but I think absolutely. That, um, you know, I think he can take that chance with guys that have been more reliable in the past, like Vucevic, Van Vliet, uh, Morant's been pretty solid um, in his first few years. Butler's a little bit of an injury concern too, but he's been pretty solid. Um, yeah, I think that Hayward here, you know, gives him another scoring threat. This also elevates Jimmy to a point where he's got about five 20 point scorers as well um, on mm. given nights. Um, so, you know, him and Paul so far, are the only two that I can really see kind of getting that a hundred points night in and night out from their five starters so far. Um, we'll see what happens with the rest of the draft, but I think that, yeah, Hayward here would be a great fit here for Jimmy. Um, if he's healthy, he's great. Yeah. Yeah. And then next up we have, uh, technically Chris's pick, but it, after our trade, uh, it's my pick, so I would actually go uh, Kyle Lowry here. I'd like the reassurance from uh, from the point guard position. Obviously, not a lot of confidence in Westbrook and not knowing what, what is going to pan out there. So why not take Kyle Lowry, uh, Miami, decent situation. We'll see how that all goes. I, I don't feel comfortable in this at all, um, but yeah. So that's kind of uh, where I would trend right there. Uh, Chris, why don't you take away for the uh, finality of uh, round five? So sure. So I traded my pick to John there um, in our LeBron James deal. So I get the or I get John's pick in the next round, um, which we'll get to on the next podcast. We're going to kind of close out with this round. So 
Um, uh, so then next we would have Steven, actually. So Steven, we had taking Devonte Graham here. Um, did you already did you already mention that? No, but I, I love that pick. Yeah, I so love that pick. So Devonte Graham, obviously, there's upside there. Um, John talks about him a lot. John likes him a lot. I don't dislike him at all. I just think that um, you know, expectations should be a little bit more tempered. Um, and I think that he does fit in here into this fifth round. Um, because he's got a starter's job. Um, he's on a very talented squad. I think you know, with with key players like Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. Um, and I do think that Devontae Graham's assist total will be high at the end of the year if he's out there with those guys every every night. But I just don't know what he's going to look like scoring-wise. I don't know what kind of opportunities he's going to get with B.I. and Zion taking a lot of the lion's share of the shots um, with even, you know, other guys, other mouths to feed on there too. You know, like they really expect a lot out of Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Um, you know, they have guys on the bench like Jackson Hayes that they find as like really solid role player guys. So Devontae Graham's going to be in a situation now where he's not necessarily kind of the focal point of the offense and he's going to have to fit into a new scheme. So I don't exactly know what that's going to look like, but I do know that the opportunity is there for him to be successful and to be very fantasy relevant and to be your starting point guard, um, for the season. So I think that the path is there. I think I think if he there is an upside here where you could see I don't know like a 17 point per game with 3 plus 3 pointers per game uh I think he was at 4 honestly like last year or the year before um decent percentages and well obviously not AFG but um and also I would I'd put the ceiling at like I don't th- I don't think I'd put the ceiling maybe I wouldn't put I'd actually put the ceiling higher but I think that I don't think that I think you should be looking at him as like an eight assist per game type guy which I think which is big but like I I do think that that's with those kind of options out there I think that he'll be able to uh to get it done a little bit more yeah, I don't. Um, I don't see why not. And he's if he's not scoring twenty points a game, that that's gonna mean he's dishing it out more. So I don't. I don't see that as impossible for him to reach. I do kind of think that that's like you know um, a high sort of expectation, obviously. But um, you know, like we've said, to get that to get that kind of output in the fifth round here, that's that's really good, really good um, value. So next we have Pete. We have Pete taking Kemba Walker. Um, the more that I'm thinking about this, the more that I'm thinking Pete might not go with either Michael Porter Jr. or Kemba Walker, given their injury histories. Um, last year was a big, big letdown for Pete, drafted an all-star yeah. squad, and then almost everybody went down with injury because he did end up drafting guys that are that have a tendency to be injured. So might end up like not really vibing with what we lay down here. But Pete's always kind of a hard one to track. He's sort of, you know... He he stays current with guys that he expects to um, perform well, and so you know, like if somebody has a good preseason that Pete thinks has like a really really good opportunity for playtime and an opportunity this year, he'll go with them, um, regardless of what round it is. So yeah, I'd say like Kemba kind of is like the last, aside from one other guy in the next round who I'm now looking at, and I think I might 
I might take I would I would have taken him instead of instead of my next pick, which I took OG Ananobi. Not that OG Ananobi was bad for me by any means. He was actually quite good. Um, but I'd say that Kemba Walker and maybe John Collins at this point are kind of the last two kind of big sexy names that uh people are looking for that that you've heard before in that conversation of like they could be really great this year or like could be potentially keeper worthy in our league i'm not saying other leagues i don't know other leagues but i would say our league um i went with Ananobi. i think that he's a good pick here um I think that it would it's not flashy or anything like that but when he kind of came back last year for like a it was like a flash where he had like <laughs> several like 20 plus point games in a row with like really decent supporting numbers so plus the defense I he could he could do a little bit more but yeah I kind of uh my my squad is super boring um aside from my Celtics which uh, god bless um Chris why don't you take away the final pick here Sure. So the final pick we'll discuss today, the last pick of the fifth round, and the one that gives everybody basically their five players to kind of start off with. Not everybody's got their starting lineups necessarily filled, but this is basically your base team. Um, So, Noel, we have taking Jonas Valanciunas. Um, I think that Valanciunas is year in and year out kind of disrespected in terms of what he does. Um, the The last pick of the fifth round isn't actually, um, like, terrible for him. I think that, you know, people are kind of they know what they're doing with him now. He's not like slipping anymore to like the very, very later rounds and you're not able to grab a, your starting center like super late. But I do think that he is probably the better option left. You know, probably the best actually. Um, you know, if the guy that I drafted with the next round pick um, ends up being better than him, I won't be surprised, but I don't think that it's um, something I'm more comfortable with rather than Jonas Valanciunas. I feel oh, a lot better about it. it's a new team, too. Yeah, it's a new team. Too, so. Yep, so. Yeah. But anyways, that kind of ends the first five rounds. So, John, do you want to go through people's team or people's picks yeah, at this sure. point? Yeah, let's, sure. Uh, let's go through. Let's just go through real quick. So that means that Paul would have a team of Harden, Jokic, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Terry Rozier, Tobias Harris, uh, Justin... Trey Young, DeAndre Ayton, Paul George, DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, uh, Avery Ryan, uh, Embiid, Booker, SGA, Ant Edwards, Ben Simmons, Ian, Doncic, Antetokounmpo, Rudy Gobert, Drew Holiday, Spencer Dinwiddie, Reese, uh, LaMelo Ball, Bam Adebayo, Kyrie Irving, Pascal Siakam, and Draymond Green, Kyle... (laughs) Carl Anthony Towns, Steph Curry, Chris Middleton, CJ McCollum, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, Jimmy, John Morant, Jimmy Butler, uh, Nikola Vucevic, uh, Fred Van Vliet, Gordon Hayward. Uh, Chris only has four, uh, which is LeBron James, uh, Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, uh, D'Angelo Russell, uh, Stephen, uh, Zach Levine, DeMontas Sabonis, DeAndre Fox, De'Aaron Fox. Uh, Chris Stops, Porzingis, and Devontae Graham. Uh, Pete, Dame Lillard, Anthony Davis, Christian Wood, Michael Porter Jr., Kemba Walker, me, my boys, uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Uh, then we got Clint Capella, Russell Westbrook, Kyle Lowry, and OG Ananobi. Um, 
the, the most unsexy team to have six players uh, before everybody. Uh, and then we have Noel, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, Chris Paul, Julius Randle, Jonas Valanciunas. Um, Chris, is there any team that really stands out for you uh, in this first round? If you had to pick the top three teams, oh, sorry, out of this uh, first half, I should say, of the draft that we've done. Yeah, so the teams that stand out to me most, I think, um, I like Noel's team quite a bit. Durant, Beal, Chris Paul, Julius Randle, and Valanciunas. I think that that's really, really solid. One through five, as solid as you could possibly get. Um, I think that also, given the fact that Jimmy had no keepers, um, to have Ja Morant, Jimmy Butler, Nikola Vucevic, Fred Van Vliet, and Gordon Hayward, I think that's a really, really solid floor to establish um, early on. So I think in that respect, it's impressive. I don't know if it's maybe one of the best teams, top three teams, but I just think that that's um, impressive to do without any keepers. Um, Kyle's team, I think, is very impressive with Towns, Curry, Middleton, McCollum, and Brogdon. I think that those guys are all, um, you know, potential all-stars. So that's really exciting there. Um, And then... You know, some other standouts also, Ian, Paul, Pete, I think all have really, really star-studded lineups. So there's a lot here. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd agree with that. I think that uh, I think Paul's lineup just kind of is the one that just is so jarring to me. I think having those, having potentially the top two players in the league and then coupling that with having, you know, pick of the litter of whoever goes after those first three keeper picks. Um, And then also having, you know, uh, I would also put Ian in that conversation. I guess the Dinwiddie pick kind of shattered it for me, but if he's able to get like, again, like this is just us extremely extrapolating, just having some fun with the league and kind of making more of a league podcast than going through the rankings. Um, Having Ian with Luca. Giannis, Rudy Gobert, Drew Holiday, and Spencer Dinwiddie, even if Dinwiddie is whatever, like Drew Holiday and Rudy Gobert would kind of be really sexy there. Um, I would also say uh, I also kind of am intrigued by like the team that we put together for Reese uh, only because I think that like a team like that could be very sneaky in terms of being a pain in the ass. Um, especially when it comes to, you know, those defensive numbers and assists, because I feel like every year it's teams who are able to get assists are the ones that are strongly considered for the playoffs. Um, I think Ian kind of dominates it year in and year out. Ian always has a team with like a billion assists, but yeah, I think that, uh, I think that I I am intrigued, uh, with like all the stuff that's, uh, I am intrigued by the the faux draft that we did, and uh, we will get to the next part of it uh, next week um, at some point. Um, and yeah, I think uh, any other observations that you notice through the first couple of rounds, I think that if I were to leave one last observation for me for this first half, it's that by the end, like I said, by the end of the fifth round, I think you need two point guards. I think if you don't have two point guards, you're kind of a little bit lost there because... Uh, Two point guards are at least two people who you can rely on for assists uh, and kind of get hope to get into that like a high average range. Uh, two point guards mainly because the point guards available afterwards and you always want to have 
you know, a solid backup because of the, the way injuries work in the NBA and you don't want to be working the waiver wire for a guy who is probably already, already rostered because he has the most usage. Um, I think it's kind of essential to have two point guards by the end of round five, because after round five, you're looking at at least the way we did it. You're looking at Colin Sexton, who I am now realizing we drafted twice. Um, and, uh, <laughs> it's a good thing we're ending here. Uh, like he, I think it's like him and kind of Marcus Smart and Cade Cunningham, like not a lot available there. But anyways, Chris, what did you have for your uh, thoughts after uh, after that? Yeah, after that, I thought maybe I get my big early um, and then focus on my point guard um, a little later. Um, but that's rolling the dice. I'm going to be rolling the dice one of two ways because I traded that pick to you. So I'm either going to have to sacrifice on my center or on my point guard situation but i'm more liable to do it on point guard now that i have lebron who is eligible there so we will see how it ends up working out in terms of just overall draft strategy i would say you know to establish that 100 point floor with the first five players that you draft would be really really cool given the fact that we're starting less people this year um points are going to be they're going to take a drop you know what i mean the days of seeing a thousand points on a given week are probably no more um, we're going to see a lot low, lower point totals. So if you can get guys that produce high numbers there, you're going to be leading that category week in and week out. So That's actually a really good point. I think that uh, points are something that we've kind of taken for granted over the years. And I think this year it's going to be something that you're going to need to monitor maybe a little more closely. It's going to have to be more concentrated now on the guys that you start. You're not going to really be able to like lack on or tack on like tons of points at the end of the week unless you just – you know, sacrifice your bench, which, like I said, might not be a bad strategy. It'll just it'll it's going to be a lot different this year in general, and um, I'm excited to see how how we kind of have to develop our strategies throughout the season. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree absolutely 100. Um, percent Anyways, I uh, I think that uh, that just about does it for our show. And uh, Chris, anything else you wanted to add? Um, yeah, one last thing, actually, if you don't mind, John, um, I'm going to kind of pump something here. I've been doing this cool thing on uh, this app called ColorCast recently. Um, if you have Apple, you can download it. You have iPhone. I think that they're rolling out with Android maybe in a couple weeks. But so if you go to the App Store and download this app called ColorCast, it's kind of similar to Twitch. Um, but it's more geared towards sports fans where we broadcast games for you like a traditional broadcast, but we also have a chat room where you can interact with the people who are broadcasting and you can kind of ask questions in game about maybe, you know, what's going on in the game or fantasy stuff or DFS. They have sections where you could just listen to people talking about sports betting or, you know, like fantasy stuff that day. So I think it's a really, really cool new interactive space, and I'm going to be broadcasting the Cubs game this morning at 11:20 um, Pacific time. It's actually 2:20 um, Eastern time. So if you guys want to come check that out, just download the app ColorCast um, on your uh, iOS um, Apple Store, and uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Like I said, you know, you can even see the stats for the game. They have that feature in in the app as well. So it's really, really cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Check that out. Check out Mr. Wentworth doing his thing again. Just hear him talk every day. That's that's the end goal. You could just right? listen to me all day. Yeah. It's really fun. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah, Colorcast. That is the uh, app that you can check out for Chris. Um, 
for uh, for the rest of the pod. Yeah, no, I'm just looking forward for the uh, the draft uh, keeper lock date. Feels like things are actually happening. Uh, you know, we're two weeks away from the draft. The training camps are opening up. Obviously, there's a little bit of like news with Towns wanting out now, maybe, and and Simmons and all this other stuff. Uh, we'll get to that another time. We just wanted to focus on the draft, give more of a uh, more of a league orientated thing. So, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, stay active, have fun, and we will see you uh, next week. Bye bye. Take care now. <laughs>